This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, and today we are joined by State Representative Bob McDermott from the Hawaii State COVID Task Force, and he gives us, gives us an update, and we focus on the SBA loans and what you need to know. This episode has been brought to you by Movie 2 Movement, promoting a culture of life, love, and beauty through the power of film. Films like Divided Hearts of America that will be showing everywhere later this year. So here we go. A special COVID task force update from State Representative Bob McDermott. Everybody, uh, Representative, State Representative Bob McDermott, um, back in the studio. And uh, Bob, can you talk here real quick? Sure. Can you can you hear me? We're, yeah, we, we're trying to practice perfect. social distancing, and it's a little difficult because the studio is so is a little tight. But so we're both uh, virus free. So we're going to go uh, at least the COVID virus. So <laughs> we're going to go right into the show. So Bob, um, but for people on Facetime, Representative McDermott just came back from the COVID briefing, and this was actually a very good briefing. Yeah, we so the the House has a select committee on COVID briefing, and they have about uh, 25 community leaders, everybody from uh, head of the food bank, Hawaii Tourism Authority, to cha- the various chambers of commerce, on and on, and only four elected officials. And I'm one of them uh, because I'm a Republican. I'm in the minority. They have to have one of us on there. And they want to hear from the community It's because we don't have all the answers, clearly. Uh, the community has most of the answers. And they bring up good ideas. And it's co-chaired by the Speaker of the House and Peter Ho of uh, Bank of Hawaii. So they have an agenda. They go down items. <clears throat> so today, uh, it, the, the big thing, there's several big items. One was Senator Schatz and Congressman Ed Case gave us an update. In person. Uh, over the Zoom, okay. which is a great app, by the way. We are just talking about that. So the SBA program, if you're a small businessman or you run a nonprofit, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You can immediately get an emergency $10,000 quote-unquote loan, but it's really a grant. You're not going to have to pay it back. You can then apply for a two, up to $250,000 loan, depending on the size of your business and your, your quarterly expenses and earnings. And after eight weeks, provide you keep your employees on the payroll or you bring them back. If you just <clears throat> laid them off and you bring them back from unemployment, you can get that entire amount forgiven. So it's free money, if you will, not to the taxpayer, but to the employer. The idea behind this is to keep employees working, doing something substantive from home, then st- instead of just sitting idly by and collecting unemployment, which would be less than their paycheck, right? So it's it's a win-win, I think. It's something that uh, was very imaginative. I've never seen it before, obviously. And I think it's a great tool. However, as of last week, if you talk to your local banker, they didn't know how it worked. Because the bill only passed Thursday. So I talked to my banker today. Yeah. So for my organization, Hero Inc., Movie to Movement, the Vulnerable People Project, I did the SBA 
emergency payroll protection, $10,000. I was able to let my independent contractors know because it's also good for independent contractors. So I've been told. um, So I did the immediate $10,000 protection. I also, one of my clients, vendors that I have a relationship with um, that does my processing, granted us, advanced us $30,000 on our donor processing, which was a big help. And so now we've got the payroll protection. I reached out to my bank because you have to go through the, the bank, bank for yeah. the 250000 The 10000 I will put the link on Facebook. And, I, and, guys, we need to fight to keep our businesses alive. And I think it's sad that we have to go to the government to do this. But the reality is right now the government <clears throat> shut the economy down. So now we're borrowing from our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. You know, like Bannon says, right, it's against everything he believes in, but we need to do it. You need to have liquidity wow. in the system. You need to people have to because if you have an economic crash, which could very well happen, uh, that's not that's worse for everybody. Um, well, I disagree with Bannon and you and everyone. <laughs> I think the shutdown was absurd, and I think that hashtag the cure the the, the disease is worse or what is it the the, the cure, is worse, the cure is worse. We need to start that hashtag. Hashtag the cure is worse. Everyone's going to know this in two years, just like I knew Iraq was a catastrophe, and it took ten years for people to realize that. I think we're going to realize in short order that this was a catastrophe, but I got to keep my organization alive. I have, a, I have a responsibility to my independent contractors and to my board of directors and my donors to keep the mission going forward. I didn't want the economy to be shut down. They shut the economy down. Therefore, I'm going to take advantage of this SBA loan. So let's, let's pick off where you left. You, so you went to your banker. See, the bankers are just learning. I'm right waiting now. for them to get back to me. Yeah, they, as of Thursday, they didn't know what. Huh, huh, what, what are you talking? It's like they didn't even watch TV. <laughs> we know more about it than they do. Oh, this seems to be a good deal for them, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's no lending fees uh, that you have to pay. There's no commissions you have to pay, which is extraordinary. Uh, and you will get it forgiven, provided you pay your employees. You just don't. I, you know, I was thinking about it. The, you can imagine New York City, the. Mafia guys are figuring out a way to scam this, you know, Luigi's Pizza. Yeah, I got to, <laughs> you know, and uh, they're trying to figure out how to be exploited. And there will be some of that. There's no question because the rush to get it out. And this is what your concern is the rush to get it out to everybody. Um, scammers will slip through the holes, uh, but you have to have a banker in cahoots with you. Right. <clears throat> ah, so that you have <laughs> you have to. It's, that's a, That's not a cough. Uh, so. So I see what you're saying. So my bank knows who I am. Right. So they're, they're trusting gonna, the banks to know who you are. So you have your own private bankers. They, they deal yes. with you. So they're going to say, okay, Jason, you're legit. Boom. If you're not legit, you know, and you can see where they, if you, you have to have a banker who's crooked. And I'm sure there's a few of those around. And then they, if you were a mafioso or some organized crime guy, they, you know, they get a cut of whatever you, you know, you get 250, you get uh, 25. Under so the, the bankers, table. like, kick me back 10. Yeah, give them 25 in a brown bag, right? So okay. there's room for, uh, I mean, we just seeing here, the two of us who are not criminals just came up with the idea. So imagine what a professional criminal will come up with, if they can. Uh, so the banks are trying to play catch-up at this point. Uh, they're trying to play catch-up and get out there. Small business people are calling, and they don't have the, the parameters set yet, which is unfortunate. They should have done it over the weekend, at least some metrics and goal lines and measurements, aside from what the SBA has given me. So you should be able to go down to First Hawaiian or Bank of Hawaii or American Savings, whatever your bank, and say, look, boom, this is what I need. And you're supposed to get that check the same week. 
So I did it today, guys, and this is what I'm thinking, Representative McDermott, is the, the businesses are going to fall and like a domino is falling. So in Hawaii, the tourism industry has gone. Now those people are going to lose their paychecks, and the businesses that they attend, that they go to, they're not going to be able to, you know, go. Like, let's say me, I go to a boxing gym. I have a membership. Well, now they're going to have to lay off their – so it's going to bing, 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 and then the guy at the boxing gym – was getting ready to have his roof redone. That's not going to happen. So right. as soon as you know you're in trouble, apply for the loan. Right. Because it's going to get very busy very soon. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's a rush because I've been getting calls from people. We've been, you and I have been discussing it as of last week. The, the good news about this whole small business loan is the can-do attitude of everybody involved. The only reason you're not getting your loan today is that they just don't know how to do it yet. They're trying to figure it out. Past Friday, finally, the House. Now they're trying to figure out how do we do this, but they're going to do it. Uh, there's some broad guidelines on the SBA website, but your bank is the one who makes a loan. The emergency one, you apply directly at the SBA website. So if you want the emergency ten grand, you're a small business person, go to the small business website and apply. It's very easy. I did it. It freezes. It's Stay at the page that you're on. And just keep trying. That's what I so, did. So that is what Case and Schatz brought us up to speed on. I'll tell you one thing. We have unemployment explosion here in the state of Hawaii, of course. The State Department of Unemployment went from seven people to processing claims to 49. And they were asked, the director was there, nice man, career uh, government employee. And one of the community leaders, the guy from the University of Hawaii who prepares economic forecasts, I think it's called HERO, you, you hero, UH, University of Hawaii Economic um, something office. He, he uh, asked, can we get a daily count of claims, new claims, a daily count? And he's got 49 people working with And the guy, I just about fell out of my seat, typical bureaucratic answer, oh, we can't do that. Uh, I don't have enough people. <laughs> well, Jesus Request another person and have that guy. All he does is count how many claims come in a day. So he didn't even yeah. have the number of claims. You know, so at the end of the day, they want to know how many claims are. And the guy said, oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough people. We're just trying to process the claims we have. Request another person from another department that's not busy because there are some that aren't busy, like the guys who put up the cones for the H3 highway. Request somebody else who can count to 10, and they just count the number of claims. You know, we got 100 today. It's that simple. Right? I mean, it's, it's they don't even have the number of claims, though. He won't commit to providing the number of claims because that's thinking outside the box. What I'm pointing out is this right. one guy doesn't have the attitude of, we're in emergency. The other guy asked him, look, it's taken three weeks for people to get their check. I thought we were going to speed this up. And he says, well, f well, federal rules require rural. And I'm like, dude, there are no rules anymore. Don't you get it? Ask the governor to sign a waiver. Go back and ask for forgiveness later. Everybody will understand you were trying to get checks into the hands of the claimants. It's just it's just this intransigence, and it's finding, often you find in government, people give you reasons why they can't do something instead of figuring right. out how they can do it, how they can make it happen. And, and their number why, one job is protecting their own job. Yeah, but that's why as an entrepreneur, your job is 180. Your job is to see how I can make something out of nothing. This podcast, every day you're here <laughs> yeah. trying to make something out of nothing. How, how can I create something that adds value to the lives of others? Right, right? exactly. So, so how can I do that? This guy is, 
Well, uh, it's against the rules. I'm sorry. Well, guy's waiting for his check. He's got three kids. He's got no food in the refrigerator. He's waiting on his unemployment check. And they're running out of food at the school. They're running out of food I at the food it, bank. I heard <laughs> at the school today because I can hear. They ran out of breakfast. They're in Hawaii, guys. They're giving breakfast and lunch and lunch, and it starts at seven thirty. At seven forty three, I could hear the gentleman that was directing traffic yell, "We are out of breakfast. We're out." That was. 12 minutes in. Well, so the way that works is you have five or six schools in a complex, what we yeah. call a complex. We're different than the mainland, trust me. We have one school district through the entire state. One school district through all the islands. You can imagine that's less than optimal, but it is what it is. We've tried to change it, but it's never been successful. So, so you have one school providing the lunch and breakfast. So they're guessing, guessing at how many kids are going to come. And pick up. And they don't get out of their car. It's delivered to them, right? The guy runs out. So it's delivered to them. They don't get out of their car. And they've consistently underestimated, because it's happening at the other schools as too, consistently underestimating the number of participants. So people come to get the free meal, and it's gone. And, I mean, let's be honest. This isn't uh, Wendy's or anything. This is the Obama, uh, you know, three carrot sticks, a corn dog, and an apple. (laughs) My wife went a couple days ago with the kids. It's an event to get out of the house. Yes. She came back and she said, this is why we'll never send our kids to public school. It was a corn dog and tater tots. And she was horrified. She's like, now wonder why all these kids have ADHD. The, the meals, the, the, the federal regulations, it's not, they, we got good people who would gladly serve them uh, beef stew every meal. Or- if we didn't have the federal regulations, we'd have local mocos, yeah. we'd have... And sit, we'd have the best. But you got the carrot sticks and the corn dog, which, you know. And tater tots, <laughs> which is the only time anyone eats corn dogs or tater tots in Hawaii is in a public school. So they're going to eat the corn dog and throw everything else away, right? And the milk. They'll drink the milk. Um, when I was a kid, Reagan was president, and uh, at that time it was funny. They were messing with the school lunch, and they reclassified ketchup as a vegetable. So, <laughs> is that true, though? Did yes. they, is that true? That was Dutch. It was just called ketchup a vegetable. Give I'm some, wondering how give many some extra steak. I wonder how many people are going to be homeschooling their kids forever after this. They're going to realize oh. there's all this propaganda how hard, hard or how horrible homeschooling is. We homeschool. I suspect a lot of families are going to say this is ideal. Actually, homeschooling our children. You know, I think you're going to see a couple things. You're going to see the birth rate skyrocket about nine months from now. Right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. You're also going to see. After this nine months and people get back to work, uh, and I'm not saying it's going to take nine months, but you're going to see probably divorce rate increase too because people just can't stand each other. I can't believe I married you. <laughs> you know? No, I think actually it's going to bring families together. You would hope so. It's in a time of crisis. There are people who think, and I'm not one, but there are people who think that it's going to increase the rate of abuse, spousal abuse, and um, domestic violence. I guess that's possible. You and I don't think like that, so it's hard for us to get our head inside somebody's mm-hmm. body like that. But to me, like you, I enjoy being around my wife. I enjoy being home with her because um, she's got her own thing going, just like your wife. She's out there with the kids right now playing basketball. She's got her own thing going. It's not like she's sitting next to me constantly. In fact, if I can get my wife to watch a movie with me uh, on TV, I'm lucky. Usually she's doing her homework and working on the computer. And she's very serious yeah, about she her is. studies. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. And uh, so I'm there just watching you know, Netflix or whatever. So um, can I go over the different loans we have, guys, just real quick? So here are the different loans, which you need to do immediately if you're a small business owner. Do not let your people go. There's the Paycheck Protection Program, which you can get at sba.gov backslash page 
backslash coronavirus dash COVID. If you just go SBA.gov, uh, you're going to find it. It's front shelved. Um, Representative McDermott is looking at my donor checks <laughs> in my file over there. I see some big numbers. Out Those there. are some big, yeah. And, um, I'm a nosy Nelly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, in my office for two minutes. You find out where I keep the donor receipts. He's my friend. <laughs> and, um, and so the paycheck protection, it's, I am horrible at this type of administrative work. I did it this morning. It took me a half hour. And the only reason it took so long was because of the, it was freezing. After you do the paycheck protection program, there's the economic injury disaster loans and loan advance. Right. That's what you got. And, and okay. Now, what is the SBA? There's the Express Bridge loans. There's SBA debt relief. Yeah, they got all sorts of loans and programs that they normally have. You're not the two we're looking at is the emergency loan and then this the economic disaster the loan. The two hundred disaster loan, two hundred fifty thousand. Now they still have other loans. They still remember they still have a normal menu of loans that they provide. They don't give loans, right? All they do they used to in the '60s and early '70s. Then they got out of that, and all they do now is guarantee it. Okay. So, and <laughs> I got to tell you, under normal circumstances. A guy like you or I try to go in and get a loan from, you know, get a guaranteed SBA loan, forget about it. I mean, they're so strict. You already have to be, like they say, a success when you go in there to get the loan. Yeah. Because they're not going to take a chance on any new ideas. That's, or, what, that's what you have uncles for. Yeah. Right? Okay. <clears throat> well, okay, so then it's the Paycheck Protection Program, and then it's the Economic Injury Disaster Loans and Loan Advance Program. You can apply for the Paycheck Protection Program alone, you have to go through your bank for the bigger right. one. Right. All right. So th we've got that, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. Be well, prepared for it to freeze. If you click on the disaster linked loan, is that what was the disaster? Yeah. Link? You can put put that uh, click here for the loan application, and then just put that link in your oh, good idea. application. Put that application link in your podcast. I will do that. And I filled it out. So if yeah. I can fill it out, anyone, anyone can do it. So he'll put the application link in the podcast. So if you're a small business person, you get ten grand right away. And then you go on to try and get the 250 So you keep your employees together and whole, even if they're working from home. We'd rather have them gainfully employed doing something instead of collecting unemployment, which is less than their paycheck most times. Of course it is. And, and, uh, and they still feel meaningful because you have them contributing in some way. Right on. So I'm, I'm actually posting this to the Facebook Live as we talk. So Yeah, good. Now, did, did you, I know you have to go. Well, I got to go at 3.30, so we still have some time. So so we got the loan information down. Right. Now, what did you learn that you think of as interest for folks from Schatz, from Senator Schatz and Congressman Ed Case? Well, there's going to be another bill. Um, they're already working on it. And that is they're trying to think down the pike a bit how, when this all shakes up, what are the resources that are going to be needed? One of the things they talked about was domestic violence and counseling for families who, um, and that sounds kind of huggy-touchy, but uh, I don't know how you monetize that or put in the metrics, but, the you know, will there be an uptick in domestic violence? That's a concern that was raised. That's why I brought it up. Uh, is this financial uh, program enough? It's supposed to last eight weeks. Hopefully the curve is flattened by I think New York City is going through the apex right now, uh, and that they're, they're climbing. Right, they're still climbing, and uh, we're we only have 120 cases or something statewide. I mean, yeah, 120 as of today. 29 or something reported. Yeah, so our curve could be 
would even be flatter if we had implemented a, a, a real quarantine two weeks ago when I said we should. Um, but we didn't. So we have 120 cases. My concern is when they open it up, right? So we say... Can, can, I, can I challenge you? Do you really think it would be lower if we had a quarantine sure, two weeks ago? Sure. Akai Kaheli, uh, the day after I sent my thing out, he's a pilot. He's running for Tulsi seat. Tulsi Gabbard seat. He's going to win. He's a picture-perfect candidate. He's a combat veteran. He's a pilot. Good-looking, tall, native Hawaiian. Pro-abortion. Young family. Um, couple children. And yeah, he has all that uh, Democrat baggage with him as well. Uh, b- but he got on the plane. He was in um, California. He said, leaving LAX to Hilo. Or it was Vegas to Hilo, one or two. 60 passengers on board. No temperature screening. No health screening done. No questionnaires handed out. Nothing. And he's bringing them all to Hilo. Don't know who they are. Are they Hilo people or are they people coming for vacation? He doesn't know. But it was either Vegas or California, which they both have a lot of coronavirus, right? Yeah. And he says this is unacceptable. You mean you're not even taking their temperature. Temperature's not perfect. You can be incubating it and not show a temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have it and you get on that plane for 12 hours or six hours and you're shedding it as you walk down the freeway or the hallway, I mean, there's no six-foot distance. It's not six inches on a damn plane these days, right? So we survive on people coming to visit us. So when we open the doors again, immediately after we open the doors, I would guess we're going to see an uptick again because we're letting, what is it a day? 30,000 people a day when we're operating normally come into Hawaii through the airlines. 30,000, isn't that amazing? Uh, We're down to 600 a day. Who are these 600 and why are they coming? Uh, if there are kids coming back uh, from Carson, California, 24-year-old boy, Carson, California, one of my kids' cousins coming back from Carson, young man, stud muffin, strong as a horse, is he going to self-quarantine for two weeks in his room? By the way, he shares a room with three or four other people, by the way, in Hawaii. I mean, in Hawaii, there's no such thing as self-quarantine. You'd have to quarantine outside 800 people. Yeah. Nobody has their own room in Hawaii except the husband and wife. All the kids are all over the place. They're Aunts, three, uncles, nieces, three nephews, cousins. This idea of quarantine, like when they sent me to, I have, you know, my mother-in-law, her brother. The idea of yeah of self-quarantining means nothing yeah in I Hawaii, have, to be honest. I have 10 people in my house. Now my house is big. It's old, but it's big. But I still have 10 people. So one of my sons, he crashes on the couch. One of them sleeps on the lanai. That's why he, he's covered lanai, but he sleeps out there. That's his room. Uh, so that's why. So where are you going to quarantine, right, at home? Yeah. So if you are sick, you're going to affect your whole damn family, which is probably in those numbers. That's why, you know, we had, I think, Saturday, we had the highest number to date, 29 in one day or something like that. And that's because somebody goes home and they affect the whole family, right? Because we're so close. They've had no one die. No one died. They no. misreported. They said someone died. Threw right. a big fit about it, and then that was a lie. Well, we we have the, uh, the there's a kid from Ever Beach who's in a coma. That was on the front page of the paper. They put him in a medically induced coma for COVID. Yeah, he's just COVID. Yeah, I think he's in his late twenties. Did nothing else. Well, not that I know of. They didn't release his medical file to me. <laughs> well, you know, but this is like this other guy who was passed he a vapor? Away. Could be a vapor, right? You this other know. guy who passed away, they made it out to be COVID, and it wasn't. 
right? Yeah. And then after a day of reporting, they whispered, oh, oops, we got that wrong. Well, at least they fessed up to it. Uh, they're delaying everything now for a year. You know, they pushed the taxes back till for three months. They, You know that gold star you got to get on your driver's license? They extended that a year now. Okay. So thank good, because I didn't get it yet. Well, I have it. <laughs> I got to get it. But things like that, they're pushing off. I wonder if they're going to push off the mandatory HPV vaccination for 10-year-old girls. <laughs> no, abortions <laughs> oh, and mandatory are, vaccinations for, for STDs for 10-year-olds. That's will, critical. That's critical. They've got to have that. Yeah. It's not an optional kind of medical thing. In Hawaii? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, the HPV? I don't think they're going to. They haven't mentioned it yet. They should, though, right? I mean, I'm going to. You know but what? is this HPV vaccine in Hawaii now it's mandatory? mandatory before next fall. So I'm going to write. Bruce what about Sanders. as a homeschooler? I don't have to do that. No, but if you want them to, well, you can just pay. I have a religious concern. So we, yeah. we're going to honor religious exemptions. Uh, how, how, how kind of you. Well, it's the least we can. How kind <laughs> listen, of you, dictator. I, listen, I debated the against. The fewer is I'm against, kind and I'm the fewer I'm against mandatory HPV vaccinations for 10-year-olds. Uh, and I debated Bruce Anderson on um PBS about this. Bruce, they're 10 years old. No, it's these a, are perverts. Do you remember? This is all you only get you this through sex, when, Bruce. <laughs> when I worked in the, the state legislature for Mark Moses, and they tried to lower the age of consent to 12, it was at 14. We had it. We we got it up to 16. But it was it was 14. They wanted to lower it to 12. Do you remember this? Yes. I testified against it. How I testified against it was... I dressed up as a cheese ball. I had my <laughs> shirt buttoned down to my navel. I wore gold chains. And I went and testified in support of the bill to lower it to 12. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was Mark Moses, chief of staff. They all know who I am. And I talked about how we all love is what love is. And if you find it on a playground, you find it on a playground. These people tried to lower the age of consent to 12. Yeah, I remember. And That's insane. When they lowered it to 14, it's back up to 16 with a, with a sliding five-year scale. Right, so the age. Well, that makes sense. So if she's fifteen and you're twenty, you're not going to jail. Well, I think five is a little generous, but I think if the boyfriend's seventeen, we've heard about this, and the girlfriend's fifteen in some states, these guys are become convicted yeah, sex two criminals. Years is, is nothing, but so there, so there's some reason there, and then it goes goes to the judge. So you got a five year scale, and you got reasonable list. This guy, a degenerate pervert. The judges, we have really good family court judges. We don't have enough of them. No, we do. But they're really good. I've dealt well, with Well, our culture is protected from ideology. Even if the laws are batty, people ignore them here. Well, that's true. Like the firecracker law. They ignore <laughs> like the yeah, you would, you would be surprised to know that firecrackers are illegal in Hawaii. When so, we, so the story behind we, that is firecrackers used to be legal. No, nothing else. No aerials, no nothing. So everybody bought firecrackers. And you could buy as many as you wanted. So people would set them off, and it'd be so smoky you couldn't breathe. People, well, you could breathe, but people were complaining. So the legislature passed the law: no firecrackers. So to buy firecrackers, you got to get a twenty-five dollar permit for a thousand. That gives you thirty seconds of fun, and then that's it. So people are saying, "Well, screw this." So there's been an explosion of aerial fireworks in the state of Hawaii. And Jason will tell you: your Christmas or New Year's Eve, you go outside, you don't have to go watch fireworks at the park. They're everywhere, and it's just been an explosion. Eva Beach, by the way, I think is ground zero because I've driven through the other communities. Uh, no, to go up like an Aea Ridge yeah. and look down should be a tourist attraction. Yeah. Like if you're looking when do people always say, when should I come to Hawaii? You should come on December 29th. Yeah. And you want to be set up on December 31st because it is one of the most beautiful things in the world. It's a beautiful cultural experience. 
Yeah. Something that's very unique about Hawaii. And it's illegal. Yeah, totally. And my police neighbors are the biggest offenders. So you, you, you drive through the different communities. I would have thought Kalihi, because I had to pick my wife up at the hospital on New Year's Eve. She worked. And I would have thought, so I'm driving down 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And this is when they're ramping up for midnight. Midnight's insane. But Kalihi was quiet. There were no very few fireworks. Uh, maybe there was one area that by the housing that had some, but not much compared to Eva Beach. Mm-mm. When you get into Eva Beach, it's ground zero. You're driving down, and then you live down by my house. You just come outside and just look everywhere. They're exploding everywhere. And you oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I pull over. I'll go on H one and just pull over. And watch, and every you just turn 360 degrees, because in Mililani they got some more money, so there's a lot of big beautiful aerials going off in Mililani. Really? Oh yeah. But they're a little bit more law-abiding up there than we are. Eh. <laughs> but the, the but the, back to your point, when the legislature passes a stupid law that people don't agree with, if they don't have the support of the people, it's not going to work. It's going to fail, and that was the point you made initially. The firecrackers are just an example of that. That's a law where people don't care. It's like you need to get pushed back the the paper packaging law. That needs to be pushed back for these poor businesses. I've been against that from day one. Tell the folks that are listening, you're not going to believe this if you're not from Hawaii. What just happened so in the state we, of Hawaii? The city council, it's not the legislature. The city council passed a bill to eliminate all plastic containers, single-use plastic containers. So if you go get a plate lunch, they give it to you in that plastic clamshell thing. That's gone. Uh, no plastic cups. Uh, paper products only. Which is ironic because in the 70s, when we were using paper for everything, paper bags at the checkout at the, at the grocery store, they said, no, no, go to plastics, go to plastics, you shave trees. Okay, so they all went to plastics, and plastics are cheaper. Uh, you can't even get a plastic bag in the store now uh, unless you pay 20 cents, 25 cents. Uh, Walmart doesn't even offer them anymore, and they had great bags for 20 cents. They were well, well worth it. Uh, but... You can't, you can't get, so. So the restaurants, small mom and pop restaurants that. Have to use paper plates. That live, that survive on takeout. The paper plate, how do you put beef stew in a paper plate? I don't know. You know, and the paper gets soggy and you got to go to paper straws and all to make us feel good because of the great garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean, which 98% of that patch is from four rivers in Asia, Mekong, so uh, two, two or three, three others. And only like one-tenth of one percent of any of that rubbish is from the United States. We're not the ones making the garbage patch. Why do we have to give up our plastic straws? Because the environmentalists have the, the stranglehold over the legislature. Because people are so pious, they obey the gods of the city, whatever yeah. the gods of the city say. Well, environmentalism has become a religion. That is the religion of the left. They don't believe in God. Because if they did, they said, well, it's in God's hands. The earth's going to die. We're gonna, you know, it's going to get uh, global warming and all this nonsense. Well, it's in God's hands. No, they believe it's in their hands, not God's hands. I'm glad you brought up not believing in God, because you know who else I don't think believes in God? Who's that? Most of our Catholic bishops. No, I disagree. Now, now let me prove it to you. How could you do that and spend your whole life in prayer? Well, yeah, well, do they? I don't know. Let me, let me tell you. In Honolulu, and in Chicago, and in other dioceses, maybe all of them, but I know in Honolulu, no confessions. I can see the Eucharist, no confession. No last rites. If we believe that mortal sin kills the spirit, kills the soul, and our priests 
are not risk. And I'm not saying sending an elderly priest to hear confessions, but there are no priests. Our bishop is not allowing any priests to do last rites. What if I'm dying in a state of mortal sin? And if you're not Catholic, bracket this. This isn't you. But if you're Catholic, if you believe what the church teaches on dying in a state of mortal sin, and confession is not available, and last rites are not available, the only explanation I have for this is that they do not believe in God. Yeah. And I think of people like St. Damien, who went and risked his life to care for the material well-being and spiritual well-being of people in Kalapapa. I think of priests like Miguel Pro, who dressed up in disguise to hear confessions under the nose of the communists. Maybe we need some priests like Miguel Pro to, to dress up in clown suits and stand in front of the... Because, no, Miguel Pro would dress up like a clown and hear people's confessions in front of the police station. So maybe a priest should dress up like a clown, go in front of HPD, and then be hearing confessions every day. I've seen some stuff on the internet where priests were taking drive through confessions. People don't have to get out of their car. He sits six feet away. And, um, of course, that'd be awkward if your husband and wife... I cheated on my wife. <laughs> for me, forgive me, Father. And she's with you. No, you got to take turns. And then for me, most of my sins involve like road rage. So it makes sense. My car can confess too. Forgive me, Father, for so, we have so sinned. I got to correct you a little bit. Kazutu is a pastor, and she's still doing that. She's, she works at the hospital. Of course, she's not giving. Well, she's a lay minister. She's not and your allowed, wife, yeah. We're not allowed to give it to priests. the people. They're, they're not allowed on those floors. Where the yeah, but you, yeah, your, your wife is a lay minister. Right. If she, with her lay apostolate, but if she were a priest, like... That's her job, We right? need priests like her. Yeah. Well, that's her... And I'm sure a lot of priests want to do this, but they're being obedient to their bishop. So for your Catholic listeners, I'm sure mm. you have a lot of... I didn't know, until my wife became one, that we had such a thing as a Catholic chaplain. I didn't know. I've been a Catholic my whole life. I didn't know there was such a position called Catholic chaplain. There is. Well, what's a, ca- what's a Catholic chaplain? So, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, they're... See, I didn't know like when we were in the, you were in the Marines, I was in the Army. I was an right. atheist in the Army. I never once met a chaplain. I had five Article 15s. To me, if I'm a chaplain, any 17-year-old private who gets an Article 15, I want to talk to. Never met a chaplain. I, I did, did you? Yeah, did you I meet did. chaplains? Yeah, I did. Okay. But, but the Catholic chaplain, the, first of all, their education is much more rigorous than the deacons. They take, the deacons take about half the courses that the chaplains take. I know this because my wife went through it. And she got a master's in pastoral theology. And then after that, you got to volunteer at the hospice for like a year, hospice in the hospital, without getting paid. Because they want to make sure you're doing it for the right reason, not just you. You hear that? I don't know if you guys can hear that. That's an osprey. Is it? The ospreys, the marine osprey has been buzzing my house all day. They're looking for you. <laughs> and you're a Marine, so are you spying on me? All right, I'm anyway, sorry. So the chaplain, so there's a ceremony where they get invested in all this. Uh, and uh, so her job is to be at the hospital to serve Catholics. So they call down for her. I'd like to do confessions. Should you, uh, well, she can't hear confessions. No, she can't. But she she can give the last rites. She cannot give the last rites. She give the oil. I mean, she can. Yeah, I'm sure she can. She cannot do last rites. She, in, if the priest is not available. She cannot do last rites. I, I don't okay, I'll have that. to find out for next time. You guys, there's a ton of Catholics on Facebook. If uh, the priest is not available. No. Okay. I mean, I know but, anyone can baptize you. No. There, Anyone can do baptism. To, she, I don't want to say this on the air. I'll tell you off the air. Well, I've always say this isn't a Catholic podcast. Case in point, we don't know anything. I don't know. So I, for I can't imagine. for next week is to find out. By the way, if, if, the if, rules and regulations. if lay people can do last rites, I will volunteer. Well, she's, she's not lay, though, right? She is. Well, she's not. She's a lay person. She's, she's not a priest. She, no, she's not a she's priest. She's not a deacon. She's not. There's Whatever that is, that's a... 
that's 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 academic. She's not in it, ministry as as a minister. She's not a priest or a deacon. You're wrong. Hundred percent, I'm right. You don't know what a chaplain is. You yeah, didn't I, know what a chaplain. Well, is. I, I, I mean, I know, I know, like there's like marine chaplains, army chaplains, no, 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 people no, no, who no, serve no. the interests of no, the no, church. No, no, there is a ceremony where okay, they're hold on, Jim, Jock. Hey, that guy right there was the best soldier I ever trained with, uh, Jock. Right there. Okay, um, so we don't know anything. We're gonna get clarity for next. We're gonna week. get clarity. And the loser, the loser, that's buys, the toilet buys, paper. Buys me lunch at L and L. I'll buy you lunch, Del and L. You have we to gotta keep this small business paper going, spoon. Right? <laughs> paper spoon. No, you're you're mistaken. It's gonna be a reusable bamboo spork. Reusable <laughs> <laughs> bamboo spork. You carry it. Everywhere. We're all gonna be using. You know what? How I had the curve. We're all going to go to chopsticks. I think in twenty years, after the world hasn't ended, people are gonna say, you know what? That plastic band. Maybe we really don't need it. You know. No, Gen Z is gonna throw this all away. I hope that this. This totalitarian response to the flu wakes people up that government is the solution to every problem these people can find. And they found a a nasty disease, a nasty virus, and they're like, we are shutting your economy down and making you kneel at the federal trough. Look at this, Bob. Subsidiarity tells me that when I need help, I go to my family and my friends, my local community, I go to my parish. My family and friends are scared for their lives. They're watching their worth, net worth va- evaporate. The churches are literally closed. De Blasio said any church that tries to remain open, any church that tries to remain open will be shut down permanently. That to me is a, an act of tyranny, and he should be arrested, tried, and executed. I feel, I feel your religious freedom. Streak about protecting religious. Well, you know what I did to that guy who took down the Star of David for my boss. He jack slapped his ass. You, we did actually kicked him, but no, no, I body slammed. I thought you did a karate kick to the head. No, I dropped him on his head, choked him out. (laughs) He was a jerk. Thank God he left town. But, (laughs) but I feel your William Wallace streak to protect religious freedom and religious opportunity. Not like Obama says you have uh, Obama worship have worship in private. <laughs> that was You're Obama. Free to worship in private. <laughs> That's Obama. No, freedom of play monopoly freedom at home. I mean, you can't start a business, but you can. Freedom of religious expression is what the Constitution guarantees. Expression, right? That's the constitutional right you're talking about. Um, however, when the authorities say, "Okay." Is, first of all, is it a legit reason they don't want 10 people or more gathering together? Is it legit or not? It's not their right to say. I'm not asking you the question. It's not the state's right to go, tell churches you, what to do. It's I, our job. It's our right to tell you what to do. Well, and that's why the Catholic Church decided on their own. Yes. We didn't need the federal government or de Blasio okay, so you have threatening. You have a different opinion of the Catholic, than the, the Catholic Church. No, no. The church has the right to say. And they have. And I think that was very cowardly. I don't. You don't want people getting sick. I went to the first Mass probably when this thing was started, and there was no, you know, uh, sharing of the wine. No last rites, no confessions. It's, it's, okay, it's, my, it's tragedy. It's, I'm going to get clarity on this for next week. I think I get clarity on the chaplain, Catholic chaplaincy. I may get clarity on last rites and if, if the last rites and confession are happening. So, Why? Because I got an email that had the nerve from the diocese that had the nerve to quote the site St. Damien and St. Marianne and said that there will be no confessions. All right, and then someone, from, someone emailed me in the church leadership in Hawaii, and said they're also not allowing last rites. All right. 
the reality is, if you wanted to do a confession tomorrow, you'd be able to. You would, Jason. I Jones. would, yes. Yeah, and so would I. Yes. Uh, the reality is, you could also do uh, if you need a last rites to somebody. And I was able to get a test. I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my point being, why aren't we testing? <laughs> but my point being, what about all your people in your district? Who are the most pious Catholics yeah. on earth? They, well, first of all, they, the, the, the thing with a lot of folks is they don't know who to call. Yeah. Right? They're not like you who figure out, get the phone, we're going to find this son of a gun. And you root through it till you can't, they can't escape you. Yeah, you know. You I and tell I them. have that. You know, I, I tell them. Right? Tell, call the department. You're my hobby. And I tell people you are my new hobby. And, and they say, well, who am I supposed to call? Well, I don't know. You figure it out. Here's the number to the department. I want the director. Yeah. Well, what if I can't? You know. So you have to have initiative and, and can-do spirit, which is the military instills in us. And this is my mission, to get the job done. i got to find this guy. i got to talk to him. You know. A lot of people don't have that. And that goes back to business, but we're talking about church. They wouldn't know who to call. They said, I can't go to confession. I, can't. I think if people, I know our parish priest, if they called him, he would go. If a neighbor said, you know, uh, uh, they called and said, my husband's dying, would you give him that? Of course he'd go. So let me get clarity on that for next week. That'd be my assignment. I'm actually enjoying this. Well, by the way, I'm I'm not because people like you more than me, and they're like, you need to give your guy your show and just step away. I'm one of the most conservative guys. I am the most conservative guy in the state house. Um, You know, you know that. And all I care, in my attitude is, uh, Jesus said, "Give give to Caesar what is Caesar's." Yeah. You know, but what Jesus is, the moral issues, the church, PVV, and all that stuff. Somebody, yeah. Give somebody a stand up for the parents who don't know about this stuff. That, that's where I take a stand on those moral issues. And I, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but nobody else will, you know, like pro-life, abortion issues. There are guys who are Democrats who are pro-life, but they never mention it. No, I've watched you beautifully lose your temper and call yeah. people out. <laughs> And stand up for life, and stand for traditional marriage, and stop the insane perversity. Couple couple years ago, just shares with you real quick. We 2013 or 14, I was fighting with the Democrats because they wanted to mandate at St. Francis West at the time that they give the morning after pill. Well, it's a Catholic church, a Catholic hospital. It was the only hospital in the state that didn't give the morning after pill. But if we changed the law and said if you're a hospital, you have to give it. They had to give it. So yeah. we changed the law. And they provided no religious exemption. So you imagine the Filipino nurses from the Philippines who take it very seriously, their faith, they got to give the pill to the girls. We fought like hell for two weeks. It finally passed. And I, I was battling with this young lady who's a Filipino Catholic who was the supporter of this and de- demand, demanding it get ran through. They won. Two days later, Obama made it legal to get over the counter at the drugstore. Oh. <laughs> so it was, and all, now, it was all for naught. And now what's happening, men, this is an epidemic in this country. Men are putting the morning after pill in their girlfriend's drinks. Are you serious? Yes, this is an epidemic. Why don't and, we hear about it? You mean the mainstream media? Oh, yeah, the mainstream media is no, not covering it. Uh, one guy Why could was putting be? it every time his, his wife was trying to get pregnant. And every time she got pregnant, he would buy her a, a Jamba Juice. To celebrate. What a jerk. And then after the third time, she miscarried every time. He's like, oh, here's another Jamba Juice. She took it to the police station. And sure enough, the morning after pill was in it. Really? Yes. I mean, the where fact that she... Where do you see these I mean, I, 
I have Google alerts for everything ever on abortion, and everyone who's pro life on earth. So guys are congr- do- they're on my Facebook page sharing information. So guys are doing this. Yeah, of course. But why wouldn't they? I mean, it, we, we're told by feminists that men are pigs. Of course, there are men who are <laughs> pigs, right? I get that there are men who are disgusting, right? So I get it. There are disgusting men out there that will do anything. The man haters club. Yeah, there are man haters, and there are men worthy of hatred. You know, and. And, um, but not, not us, no, maybe <laughs> I am, you know, but one thing is, you know, this about me when it comes to my children, even you knew me when I was a young something dad, very young, just barely a teenager yeah. and yeah, 24, 24, running from responsibility of to me, guys who run away from their children are like people running away from when it, it, it makes as much sense. It actually makes less sense to run away from your child. I don't care how old you are than it does to run away from a winning lottery ticket. Because your child is the most beautiful gift in the world. That's for sure. And look at Micah. I had him at 18. Wow. And what a treasure. He's been with me my entire life. And then a lot of young people say, well, we can't afford to have kids. We can't do this. We can't do that. I you still know? can't afford to have kids. That's I, right. Neither. You never can afford it. Never. You're never going to afford to have them. So just no. have them. Pretty soon, I won't be able to afford not having kids. Because <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, dad needs money. Well, the tax breaks are yeah, yeah, or hey, dad needs a place to stay. <laughs> So look, you know, well, you my so kids are going to be supporting me one day. Hopefully 10 years from now, they're, they're spread out across the country so they have a place to stay when you're in all these cities traveling. Yeah, well, you know, the number one city I go to is Dallas. I thought it was D.C. I go to D.C. quite a bit. D.C., Dallas, and Chicago, I'm probably at both those cities about 12 times, all three of those cities about 12 times a year. Well, listen, you talk about running away. You got to go get your wife. I got to go pick up my Samoan wife. Otherwise, if I'm late, I'm going to be running away. So you notice a politician in Hawaii always has to tell you his wife's ethnicity. So I'm glad you go pick up your Samoan wife. If I'm and I'm going to go say hi to my Chinese wife. She'll be yes, we're howly. She'll be chasing. But we're not that bad because no. our wives. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they, they temper us. They make us better. True. It's, it's a big difference. So Representative McDermott, did we give anything informative today? I hope so. I think we had fun. We did have fun. We hit, you know, we started off on the COVID virus, but we talked about all the political issues on the table, and and we had fun, and uh, hopefully that uh, we provide some valuable information. But next week, I hope to have more clarity on the SBA loan, which we will, and some other the unemployment issues. I hope those are fixed, and um, the Catholic deacon issues we'll talk about. And can they? Yeah, can they, maybe I should just interview Utu. Utu. You should. She'd be. Great. I would love to interview Utu. Yeah, she'd be great. Um, the problem is your wife is such a good Catholic, she will never say anything to disagree with our bishop's statements. There won't be as much humor, I can assure you. She's not. Well, because the Samoan <laughs> sense of humor is beautiful. The you culture know, is so kind. She lives with me. So. That even their sense of humor is not even mean. Like, there's yeah. no guile to it. It's no. very gentle, very sweet. That's why you got to see Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. All right. Written by Amari, but very similar sense of humor. Well, folks, I'm going to leave. Well, I guess he's going to keep talking, but I got to go. No, I'm done. I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been another episode of the Jason Jones Show. We're going to do weekly updates from State Representative McDermott from the Hawaii COVID Task Force. If it's not informative, at least it's entertaining. That's right. And if it's not entertaining, at least we gave you some information. Huh? So until next week. Aloha. God bless everyone. The Jason Jones Show. Thanks, Robert. Right. COVID. this has been the jason jones show powered by mudhouse media